Welcome to Flourish, where we explore how to nurture, coach, and inspire the children we love at any age to have their genius develop into full bloom. I'm your host, Diane Planadin, and a very proud parent of a very gifted child named Nicholas. And I wanted to share our journey together to help you. And I believe it's my purpose to reach out to the community and give back by sharing my stories and our excellent adventures, which is what today is all about. Nicholas and Mommy's Excellent Adventures. So expect that if you want your child to try something new, try something old, or even try something different, you should try it yourself. Even if you've been there, done that, give it a try. Join your child on their new journey. We have had so many great adventures together and a few fiascos because I do like to learn the hard way. And in the early years, this theory works out great. You know, there's nothing like spending the day tearing through some craft supplies, add a little flour and water and you've got a paste for paper mache, recycle some newspapers, old wire hangers, and you can make a ginormous shark. Because Nicholas never does anything tiny or simple. He cannot just make a paper mache bowl from a balloon. He has to make a huge shark. And I really wish I had a picture of that shark so you could see what I mean. The art of paper mache can be quite intrinsic. And I think this ginormous shark of Nicholas's is when he really took an obsession with the ocean. The ocean had taken on a three-dimensional form in our kitchen. His favorite books were always about the ocean, specifically the deep, deep ocean, where the sun don't shine. No siree. The fish literally glow in the dark. And, and they use these lures like the angler fish. It's really quite fascinating, but they use them to catch their prey. The average man cannot explore these depths without, I don't know, thick steel and some fancy camera equipment to capture these amazing creatures way down below. But I'm glad some explorers have. More people have climbed Mount Everest than have explored the ocean. And I think actually more people have landed on the moon than have gone to the deep, deep part of the ocean. It makes me wonder, is the natural cure for all that ails us in the ocean beyond our grasp? Well, okay. Something to ponder, back to Nicholas. <laughs> Once he outgrew the storybooks and became interested in more detail, it was time for a fish tank. No, I'm not talking about a cute little fish tank with a goldfish, you know, the kind that can survive the apocalypse without food or cleaning for a month at a time. I'm talking a saltwater fish tank the full-blown saltwater fish experience. 
we were novices, so we decided to start out with a 40-gallon tank. And that was about all I was prepared for, as this was really an experiment. Little did we know how intricate, how intricate the balance of the water needed to be. How intricate the balance of the water is in the ocean. How not only salinity affect the marine life, but temperature, algae, coral, creatures. The whole nine yards. This tank was not only an enjoyable addition to our family, but a true hands-on learning experience. Mm, the hard way. <laughs> it took us at least six months to figure out the balance. Starting up a salt water fish tank takes a lot of patience and understanding. But for us, we'd ordered everything online and we thought, what the hey, just throw it all in. The supplies came all at once. Our little sea creatures came all at once. We didn't really think, period. We didn't think. And it all looked really cool until the next morning when it was all brown and dead and floating at the surface not in a good way. So all we were left with was the 40 gallon tank and some rocks at the end of the day. A very expensive experiment, needless to say. Albeit a very valuable one. So we were going to continue and back to square one, we decided to stop first and foremost at the bookstore. We picked up some expert advice on this little book designed for dummies and it worked. It was actually a really good book. We found eventually not one but two saltwater supply companies within about an hour's drive from the house so we could live with that and they turned out to be these wondrous aquatic playgrounds. You could even go there and not buy anything. It was that amazing. So we splurged this time and we bought salt water from California. I think the Catalina Coast area. We wanted to give our tank the best start. Okay, the second start. But we were trying. And then we waited. We waited for the tank to balance. We waited for the temperature to be just right. Just like Goldilocks did. And we waited for what seemed an eternity, but was only the equivalent of 10 days. Then we could add our little sea creatures. We started out small. We decided, okay, a clownfish, a blue tang, and a sea urchin. That's all our tank needed to have a beginning. And then we thought, hey, wouldn't it be nice for the clownfish to have a friend? Hmm, that was a mistake. <laughs> to our chagrin, it turns out that Nemo doesn't like other Nemos unless they grew up with the Nemo. I didn't know that. So another experiment gone wrong, and Dory, on the other hand, yes, that's what we call the blue tang. I wanted to call her Ellen, but Nicholas insisted on Dory. She was resilient. Nothing was going to stop her from growing and thriving in the tank. 
and grow she did and dominate she did survival and action right there nemo zero dory at least 12. eventually it was no longer enough to enjoy this tropical ocean in our living room and to enjoy the peaceful setting the fish the quiet the sereneness it brings to our surroundings we had to go scuba diving we had to see these fish for ourselves in their natural habitat okay i admit that was my fault <laughs> i happened to mention to nicholas one day that if he was serious about marine science and as a career and his university degree he better be prepared to be one with the ocean to jump in with both feet and see the sea for himself making sure he was comfortable what if what if he goes through this entire process in theory and just can't do it well mom if i'm gonna do it so are you huh what 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 did i just do <laughs> I can swim, but I'm not a water baby like Nicholas. I can snorkel because I'm a floater, not a sinker. I float with ease, probably at least an hour. No worries. But to scuba dive, that was not on my bucket list. Here we go again. My son was about to teach me something new, and it was one crazy adventure. You may be saying, why did you do it? Why didn't you just say no? It's your career, Nicholas. You do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, because I'm a doer and I lead by example and I do what I say I'm going to do. And once I agreed to it, there was no turning back. We persist until we succeed. Augmentino. Okay, so have you ever thought about scuba diving in the desert? Well, there is such a thing, which is really too bad as I thought I at least get a tropical vacation out of the deal. We started out gradually to get certified, learning the technical side through PADI, which is actually a really, really good program for the fundamentals. And then came the swimming pool where we had to practice taking our mask off and putting it back on, which I thought would be difficult, but you literally just blow bubbles. My biggest fear, or so I thought, was when I had to take my regulator out and put it back in and not hold my breath and blow bubbles. But I did it. I didn't know how on earth I was gonna do it, but I did it. So the swimming pool was a huge success. My water baby was having the time of his life. He was in his element. It was January in the desert, so it was quite cool. And evenings can go down to zero Celsius. For our first official dive, we went to Lake Pleasant. Not too far from Phoenix, but there's nothing pleasant about it. This lake had frigid water, poor visibility, and we had a scuba instructor who liked to smoke around the oxygen tanks. So <laughs> are we gonna blow up here today? 
it was, yeah, it was quite the adventure. The water was practically unbearable. It was so cold. And even in our wetsuits, I was still cold. Very muddy, very muddy, murky water with promises of sunken treasures for our viewing pleasure. It was not a lot of fun. Day one, we survived. And as we shook and shivered our way through the curriculum, we did survive enough to go back the next day. The first dive on day two was very challenging for me. I couldn't sink, couldn't clear my ears, and I couldn't see, which is kind of important when you have to stay close to your buddy. Only our instructor had a flashlight, so that wasn't a very good plan either. I've learned over the years that some of the dive instructors think they are teaching us the perils of scuba diving, when it's really one of those things, yeah, you don't want to learn it the hard way. Safety first and foremost. I didn't go back in for my fourth dive. I, I didn't become a licensed diver that day. I just couldn't do it. I was exhausted with both ears plugged. It was the right decision, but it was a nerve wracking decision because I had to send Nicholas on his own. And for 20 minutes as he was under that glacial water, I, I, I'm just saying I didn't like it. So Nicholas did finish that day and become officially certified. He told me afterwards I had made the right decision. Visibility was non-existent down there and his only saving grace was to stay on the heels of those flippers in front of him. I wondered if I would have been a bit claustrophobic in this situation. They said it was pretty dark. I too would persist until I succeeded, but not until the following spring break. I finally got my tropical vacation. <laughs> and I was able to finish the last requirement for my scuba certification. No schlepping on the rocks. No schlepping the heavy oxygen tanks. But I did have to add more weight. The salt water proved more of a challenge to me to sink than I anticipated. Oh, but we loved being on the open ocean where you can see to infinity and beyond. Okay, Buzz Lightyear said that. The tropical water provided an illustrious bright world where everything moved in concert. It was so beautiful, the current and the swaying. How refreshing, how relaxing. In comparison to that murky cold lake, oh, it was so nice. The polar opposite of world. To simply hang out with Dory and Nemo in their natural habitat was really cool. And I think cool is gonna be the word of the day. To breathe and listen to the silence surrounding us with nothing but bubbles keeping us alive. I got to witness firsthand what all those storybooks were describing. Well, maybe not the deep, deep ocean, but eventually we did go about 100 feet down. So that's as far as I'm ready to go. <laughs> Once I was certified, it was really worth it. I 
didn't realize all those years of just snorkeling at the surface that there would be such a bigger world down there. I was so wrong. Our first official dive was actually a drift dive, which thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I didn't have to work out too hard. That means we just kind of drifted with the slow currents. You don't really stop, you just go with the flow. And you take in your surroundings and we were in Barbados, so the ocean water was so much warmer. Oh, so nice. And after that, we were hooked. This is an experience. This was the way to create memories and something Nicholas and I could do together. And we've really done some cool dives on vacation. One of the best ever, ever, was a cave dive. We were in the Riviera Maya in Mexico and went to a cenote, which the literal translation means flooded cave. And I was excited. This was going to be amazing. They assured me at all times we would be safe. Okay. Let's go, let's do it, let's do something different. Well, it turned out to be a half-truth. We were definitely safe at all times and we did have the most amazing guide. We got some fantastic souvenir pictures from their photographer, which was great because it was one of those scenarios where you didn't really want to focus on picture taking underwater, you wanted to focus on being underwater. When we went through this cave, we had no idea what we were doing, but it was so exhilarating. It was a great adventure. We went through an area where the fresh water meets the salt water and it gets all blurry and you can't see where you're going but it's neat. It was almost like we were living an adventure movie. Like what it would be if Indiana Jones had to go into water and explore. That's how exciting it was. The coolest part, for lack of a better word, was when we popped up and there was this like little air pocket in part of the cave and above us were stalactites. I was in awe. I was I was overwhelmed. I was wishing I had a camera. This was amazing. We could take our regulators out. We could breathe the air in the cave. It was truly spectacular. Our, our brief stop with the stalactites, you know, we had to keep moving because you have to be cognizant of air when you're underwater. But that really, really imprinted on me. And you know, right down to when we were heading back in a rickety old truck like Indiana Jones would be driving. <laughs> I said to Nicholas, what did you think? Was that not the best? And he says, I didn't like it. I didn't like feeling claustrophobic. I didn't like not seeing the sun. And I didn't like that blurry water or being in the cave where the stalactites were. I really felt trapped. Wow. Well, I, I assured him I too had, had blurry water, but I didn't experience any of those other feelings. He had been uncomfortable and he knew he couldn't do anything about it. As a parent, I felt bad. I also felt proud because he was brave and he persevered. 
he mustered on and he didn't panic. He went for it and wow. So next time we're going diving, we will inform ourselves better and ask for more detail so we're mentally prepared. Those are my famous last words. <laughs> Some of our adventures in diving were a lot more tame and, and still are, of course, but we like to go shipwreck diving. And Nicholas loves swimming through the shipwrecks. And I love staying above a shipwreck because the shipwrecks didn't bother him, but bothered me. It was a good compromise. He could swim through the shipwreck and I could have observed from above or peer through a porthole. A few years later, we were invited with some friends to go to Hawaii and we went to the Big Island. We hadn't been there in a long time and I didn't know anything about scuba diving on the Big Island. So we looked into it and there was this dive that you could go diving with manta rays. How sensational is that? I've seen them in aquariums touch them. They feel like portobello mushrooms and they're not dangerous like a stingray. So this is going to be cool. Off we go to the dive shop. Sign us up to go swimming with the manta rays. So we're all excited for our first dive. We're going to go swimming with the manta rays. But I didn't see any manta rays. Where are the manta rays? Well, we're going to see them tonight. Right now, it's about navigating. Um, tonight? Coming back at night? Like in the dark? I don't know why I didn't clue into that. Holy moly. I just must have been so excited about the manta rays, it just kind of blanked out on me. <laughs> I must have missed that part in the brochure. <laughs> so the first dive was about showing us the route to get to the manta rays hangout. And and it actually was really good because we were doing some navigation and had to be aware of direction and our surroundings. It was a smart idea due to the fact that later on there would be a lack of lighting. Unfortunately, I had time to think about all of this before the night dive and it wasn't to mentally prepare myself. It was to psych myself out. I told Nicholas I wasn't sure I was going to be able to handle diving in the dark. Last time I was in really dark water was when I was learning to scuba dive and I didn't like it. It was murky. Mom, this is the ocean. It's crisp, it's clean, it's clear. And you'll have a flashlight at all times. You'll be fine. So here's my son giving me a pep talk yet again. You can do this. We can do this. Okay, I got this. Mentioned before, I'm a bit of a floater. So lucky for me, I got to jump in the water first. In the dark. To give me time. To give me time, extra time to get to the bottom. So, so I did appreciate that. We were on a mission, but we also had to stay on schedule to meet up with the manta rays. I was also lucky that the dive boat had moored and there was a nice secure anchor line that would allow me to descend at a nice pace. Unlucky for me and my black ocean, with nothing but flashlight and bubbles, it was a little bit nerve-wracking. 
unbeknownst to me, I was actually okay in the dark. Between the anchor line and the glimmer of light, I knew Nicholas was coming in right after me. It did seem like an eternity as I took my time by myself in the dark, but I survived and I was okay. I didn't melt and can't scream underwater. That's for darn sure. Didn't take long for Nicholas to catch up with me and the entire group navigated our way to where the mantis were going to hang out, where they were going to feed. And I was excited. I was excited. We all had our flashlights and following a leader. But what was really, really, truly spectacular was about to come. The dive was so well orchestrated. We went with Kona Diving Company and they are true professionals. There must have been about four other dive boats and a group of snorkelers on the surface. So let's say about 50 of us in this huge, huge round circle with lights in the middle and our flashlights facing up and the snorkelers flashlights facing down and all the phytoplankton it was really amazing how these manta rays open wide and, and engulf this microscopic plankton as their meal. It was, it was past my wildest imaginations that I would be front and center and part of this experience. The biggest challenge for me, because nothing's ever simple for me, was staying still because believe it or not there's a bit of a current at the bottom of the ocean and I literally had to hug a rock flash my flashlight all my navigating the GoPro because it was my turn to take pictures <laughs> but it was awesome so here I am years later speaking about it it was fantastic this just swooping these manta rays swooping towards you and it was a sight to behold, and I, I'm still in awe, and I am so thankful my son had given me that little pep talk earlier. You can do it, Mom. You've got this. Using my own words against me again. Okay. Because I'm a doer, and I do what I say, and I persevered, and it paid off, because wow, that was amazing and worth every moment of fear. So if you're ever on the big island of Hawaii, and even if you don't scuba dive, try out the snorkeling, because that is a picture to behold. In the next episode, I'm going to talk further about how Nicholas uses my own words of encouragement to encourage me persist until I succeed, and how it came in very handy for him in the school years, which in turn made an impact on his own mindset and motivation. Don't want to give everything away. Spoiler alert. Thank you, my friends, for listening. I really appreciate your time. Please consider leaving a gracious review and subscribing. I would love to hear from you 
and what lessons you've learned or perhaps instilled in your child or students along the way. If you would like to support the show, please visit the flourish.mom website and click on the Patreon link. I would really appreciate it. My quote today is from Jacques Cousteau, who says, people protect what they love. And I love the ocean, and I think we're going to have to protect it a little bit more for the future, for the future generation of children to come. Well, thank you, Nicholas, my scuba buddy, for your guidance and understanding, especially because I'm a floater, and that can't be easy to hang out with. Thank you, too, for the music composition of the show. I absolutely adore it. You know, we are all born with a gift. We are all born with purpose. Life's journey is to hone and develop that gift. Its purpose changes within. Live well, my friends, and I'll see you next week.